0: I'm Trudy Kerr, and welcome to The Interviewer. In this series, I will be talking to artists, campaigners, men and women of influence, musicians, performers, and anyone who shapes the fabric of our society. Today, I am joined by a warrior. Some would know Kami Applegrin as an environmental campaigner. Some would know her as a political spokesperson. Some as a cleanup campaigner. Some as a maestral park ranger, and some I'm sure would know Cami as a pain in the ass. This woman holds no punches, but is surprisingly quietly spoken and sometimes shy.
1: Welcome, Cami. Thank you. Wow, what an introduction! <laughs> but I, I think you, Did I get I think, any of that wrong? No, I can't say you got that wrong. Ex- uh, exactly. Particularly
0: the part about the pain in the yeah. ass. <laughs> um, but first of all, uh, welcome, thank you for joining me here at The interviewer. Um, how has your day been? It has been um, long. Wow, what time do you start then?
1: I was starting at around 7am and uh, finished around 5ish, something like that. Yeah.
0: That is a long day and that's of course because now you are a Maestral Park ranger and we're going to talk about that a little bit l- later on but first of all I want to kick off by asking you Cammy. Uh, let's clear this up. Are you the person who is portrayed in the media? Because we just talked about you as a campaigner, you as having a political voice, you as an environmentalist, as a warrior, and sometimes you get on people's nerves because of what you say and what you do. Is, is that? Would you
1: say how you are portrayed in the media is fair? To a certain extent, yes. I mean, I'm a very stubborn person um if I believe in something, I will stick to that. But um, also I think, I mean, my stubbornness is not in everything I do in life. It's, it's in the few things like, be it infrastructure that I want more cycling lanes, proper cycling lanes, or be it that I want environment to be higher up on the agenda, yes, I am very persistent. But it doesn't mean that I am like that in every single thing in life. So, and I, I would say yes, in text I'm really I'm really good at writing texts. Um, but when 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 I speak to people, I'm I'm quite uh, calm and. And very, I don't want to say very Swedish, but very Nordic, diplomatic. Okay, because I was about <laughs> to ask you, what does Swedish mean? <laughs> oh. but, to you, but that so, so
0: what people understand of you as Cami is that there's two sides to you, you're saying. Because I, I actually know you quite well. We've, we've worked alongside each other on yeah. a number of projects and, and, and will be to continuing to do that. And what it surprised me about getting to know you is, as I just said, you're
1: actually quite shy. Yes, I mean, the, the spotlight was never something that... Um, that I aimed for. I think when I started Malta Cleanup, like many years ago, um, I just aimed in doing these small events, get some families over. And then slowly, slowly, it kind of just grew into this massive campaign. And I realized that to get faster to the point that we safeguard environment, I kind of not had to be in the spotlight, but it helped. It helped the momentum. So I kind of sacrificed that thing that I don't like the spotlight for the sake of the environment. So I I told myself, I I have to be here. And to be in the spotlight, you have to kind of toughen up. Because I mean, as you know yourself, it's not a place where you can be without being criticized. Uh, Sometimes fair, sometimes not so fair. So it's a place where you need to toughen up. And um, I mean, the post I write on Facebook, I know we discussed this last time we met, for example, people will, will read it from their perspective. So I'm writing it in this like calm manner. I try to really write it in a way that no one can uh, can see it in a different way than I really want to push forward. But then when they read it like in their mind, it will be like with a bit more passion, maybe with a bit more not anger, but I mean it, it, so they you know what i mean they they get it from their perspective while i write but it you online. are direct
0: but you don't mince your words you go out and you say exactly what you think and i think a lot of people think that, that is you as a person as well and th- and and that's when you get passionate about mm-hmm. about a subject
1: yes and i think that's where we also need to see the difference between a post that is written and uh, how i am as a person when you speak to me because the posts i do online is not something that i just write and click post these are posts that I take hours and hours sometimes. I go through them. I see which kind of word, wording I'm using. Can this be offensive for some? And I adapt it uh, after the target group. So I put in a lot of work on these posts. So that's why they might be seen as very direct, because I only have one chance. Like A person read, it, read this post once. So I really need to get the message through. When people talk to me, it's a more of a discussion. I'm very open-minded, I listen to all sides of the, of the discussion.
0: Well, let's talk about your journey and we're going to come right up to, to present day. But uh, let's start off with, you just mentioned Malta cleanup. Yes. But of course, you are not Maltese and you're not native to Malta. That's not the country you're born in. So I want to start off, first of all, before we even go to Malta cleanup, uh, how did you end up being in Malta? How long have
1: you been here? Like most uh, Swedes, I started off with learning English okay yes when i was uh oh, 13. okay you learned english in, in Malt, like 10, 10 years ago so <laughs> <laughs> i wish yes okay. no i started off there um i was the only one from my class who it was the first year they opened up for language students from sweden in malta so instead of going to uk which all the other kids did of course i had to be a bit special so i said i'm gonna go to malta and yeah that's where it started
0: okay so you started <laughs> this relationship with malta 10 years ago uh, and a bit more (laughs) um uh, but of course you would have gone back to to the sweden um for schooling how did you end up coming back here and and becoming uh, you know in malta full time
1: then the the family i lived with for those i think it was three weeks i spent here um it was a very very nice family super sweet like the typical uh, Malta's household, lots of food, lots of uh, love discussions. It, it was an amazing place to live, really. Uh, so I kept on visiting them every year. After that, I lived in their house for a couple of weeks, sometimes seven, eight weeks per summer. Yes. So I kind of feel like I grew up in Malta because all my teenage years, I spent all the summers here. So you
0: made Malta your home and you were not working in an environment. When you first moved here, you weren't working in an in, in environmental uh, capacity.
1: Not in the sense of an activist, but uh, I started off by educating myself to become um, a diving instructor. So it was still like kind of the environment. And that's actually when I um, got this eye-opener of how much marine plastic there is. So that is kind of where the activist parts started off.
0: Okay, and then from that, how did you get into Malta Malta cleanup?
1: I started off doing small cleanups as a diver um, and then my kids had uh, an assignment in school to collect plastic bottles. Uh, I think it was when they kicked off the recycling in Malta. Um, and we didn't use plastic bottles, so I had to get them from somewhere. So we started going along the beaches, along the seaside of uh, Bujiba in St. Paul's Bay, and we collected all the plastic bottles. And that's when we saw how big this issue was. And it sometimes
0: it sounded like you are ready to leave Malta. Have you ever really, really considered
1: leaving? Once, yes. And why? That was after the election, after the EU election, when I received quite some bad stuff towards me. And that was the only time I said this, this is it. It's uh, uh, when once your safety is kind of a concern. That's that's when I said this is not worth it. But uh, then once again, the amazing people I have around me, they uh, they made me change my mind.
0: And you did mention back there, of course, kids, and you—you uh, know—that would be a concern for your kids and your family as well. Yeah. So uh, we're going to come to that in a second as, as well. We're sort of kind of skipping through this journey very <laughs> quickly. So you set up at this point. You set up um, Malta Cleanup, and that's what you were doing for a long time. And that's what you were doing when I, m- I met you. Um, now you, you'd also mentioned that you you ran for for MEP. Um, and also, of course, now you you are a, a Maestral Park Ranger. I mean, these are incredible uh, feats to have achieved in in a career. It gone from here to here to here. But we're going to come back to to the MEP thing because you have just mentioned that. How did that come about? What what were you aiming for there? And we come to the the kind of the abuse and the the the, mm-hmm. the, the threats in a few minutes. But what what put it in your mind? I'm going to run for an MEP.
1: So I mean, for a very long time, I had the stance that. I will never get into Maltese politics. and. Uh, but you're so... Venice, you are so I political. <laughs> I, I'm political, but I believe that all human beings are political. With a small p. Yes. I mean, we are not in, as in a profession, but everything we do in life, be it buying a glass bottle rather than a plastic, we are taking a political stance that we don't want the plastic, and that's it. Uh, so in that sense, we are all political. But I think that... Um, I, I listen a lot to other people, so... At this time, um, my following was increasing a lot. And I was really in a discussion with people. And and I listened to them. And they said, no, don't get into politics. But then that slowly kind of started to change. So at one point, I had, if not daily, weekly messages saying, like, please, we, we kind of want another alternative. We don't want the big parties. We need someone that can be our voice. And they were like begging me to go into politics. And I thought about it for over a year. My, I, I turned down offers and I said, no, I'm, I'm not going for it. Um, but then slowly I realized that why, why not? But of course, wanting to be a bit special once again, like when I went to that language school, <laughs> only <laughs> kid from Sweden going for that, um, I didn't want to do it the normal way. Uh, I wanted to show people that one, you don't need money because I'm, I'm a single mother. I became a mom when I was very young. So it's not like I have a huge amount on the bank account. Uh, So I said, I'm not going to put in not even one euro. I won't do a campaign. I will continue being the one I am because I believe that all politicians should be among the people. So I actually said that I'm an activist amongst politicians. I did not even call myself a politician because I really believe that we are all political. So that was my approach. And I said, let's give it a go. Why not? so how far did you get
0: because you actually got quite close to achieving your goal
1: yes i mean for me it was i know that a lot of people going out for election will say um, either i win or I, I don't it's like either you get in or you're you out for me it was it was never like that i mean from day one till the election i did not feel that i need to achieve something or that something will change one day from another so i got the votes i got and it it was not like i felt that i didn't achieve anything for me it was a huge success i mean first of all being foreign um going with one of the smaller parties no funding like really i just kept on doing what i've always done and i still managed to get i think it was three thousand something first count votes and in total five thousand something without doing anything literally which showed um i think it showed other participants that there is a bit of a, how to say it, that people are a bit upset that no one kind of pushed the agenda of of the environment first.
0: Tell me though, if you managed to achieve that without any support, without running a campaign, without any finances, did you not then think to yourself, hey, listen, what could I do if I had all of that support behind me? Have you not thought about wanting to do it again?
1: No, I mean, I, I think that, And it's a bit the same like followers on pages. It's like, I just don't want that tick. I want the person who votes me to really be there and and want to be the change. So for example, rather than paying social media accounts to get 100,000 likes, i rather have those, I think I have around 15,000, but they are the ones that are really passionate. So I don't want these, not fake likes, but, I really want the people that surrounds me to be the ones that really believes in me so i rather have these five thousand than just having twenty thousand who just tick the box but they don't really know me
0: but the, but the, yes you say that but at that level kami applegren could make a massive change because you your voice
1: becomes larger is that not a case yeah i mean i think i see it in a very long term way so i rather reach i mean my approach was to maybe try it again but after all that happened, I said, it, it's not really worth it. I so think. what
0: happened? What put you off? Because you mentioned this mm-hmm. before, that there was a lot of abuse. And in actual fact, you felt threatened afterwards.
1: Yes. So, I mean, there were some threats coming in, which I did not uh, From local see. people? Yes. Um, Can I ask you, men or women? Or, or was it both? I don't know. It was anonymous. Anonymous one. So it's, it's not, you should say who it was. Um, and it put me in a situation where I kind of felt that the political climate in Malta takes so much energy from you, it, it really drains you. So I felt that as an activist, I, and as a human being, I could create a much bigger change and have this energy and momentum, rather than wasting all my energy um, on trying to like make my way through zigzagging all these abuse. And I mean, even being, I mean, first of all, a woman, which is already there, we, we do have a bit of a, challenge in front of us yes we do then being outspoken being a foreigner a single mother and also trying to tackle the environment which at the moment is a very low agenda i would say so i just felt that if i'm going to put all my energy into this i cannot also put it into going into politics it, it was just i had to choose a path do you forward. regret it if i that i that i run for yeah no no it was um, a big lesson
0: you talked about those five thousand genuine supporters and you talked about the environment being on the agenda but the environment is very hard to sell as something that we should be concerned about and this is the one thing i don't understand i personally don't have children but i do have a niece and i have friends who have children you you yourself Mm -hmm. have a a child um to me it doesn't make any sense whether you are a grandparent whether you're a great-grandparent a parent an uncle an aunt In fact, anybody on this planet, it doesn't make any sense that you would not care about those who come after you and would not make those small or large changes to your life for the sake of the environment. Why do you think that so many people just don't care?
1: I mean, I'm trying to all the time educate myself on this topic because, I mean, even I said, like, why? Why can't they just all get this so I I started to look into it. There are some really interesting articles that states that the human brain is not actually, like overall, there will always be exceptions, like you and me. But overall, as a species, we don't have this, that our brain is wired to react to a threat that is far in the future. We react if someone is trying to hit us, we react. But as long as it's not in front of us, we kind of, we don't see it as a, urgent threat so that is how the scientists are seeing it but then i, I mean once again it, i see it more of an excuse because we we are i mean homo sapiens after all we, we should be able to kind of understand that even if the threat is in the future it's equally important that we, we need to tackle it before it's in front of us i mean it, for me it makes sense but Yeah, I mean, I think that's the one question all of us within the environment field is trying to ask ourselves, like, why aren't people upset? Why aren't they reacting? I think that the convenience, unfortunately, has been put very high up on the personal agendas Um, and also that we don't understand. um, And I think, unfortunately, we we see it a lot here that people say it's just one. What, What does it matter? Um, it's it's just one bottle cap, it's just one straw, or it, it's just me wanting to drive my car here. Why can't I? But we don't understand that if... Um, the approach we need to have is, if everyone do what I do, is it sustainable? And I think then they will start to realize yeah, if everyone drives in with their car into a nature park, it's going to be a mess. If everyone buys a plastic bottle, yes, it's going to be a mess.
0: Do you think people know what to do? I mean, I, David Attenborough came out on media and he grieved in in his perception that he had failed mankind because he hasn't been able to make them aware of the irreversible effects that we're having on the planet and he's been saying very very soon there will be a lot of places on the planet that are just in uninhabitable how is it we can't just turn around and say look here's the alternative
1: i mean i think money is the root of evil here it, it will always be that's that greed is, is going to win in this case. And the only ones, and that, that is also, it, it comes into perspective why I did not choose to run again for politics. Because from the politician side, it will always be that they want the vote to be able to continue having their job. So job means money. Uh, the more job they, the longer they can stay as a politician, the more money they will make, just like all people want to keep their jobs. Uh, but their job doesn't depend on Like our jobs, that we go to work, we do what we should, they need the votes. And to get the votes, they need to please the people. And nowadays, people are pleased by convenience. So if they take these decisions that we actually need and start forcing people to change their habits, they will lose votes. And with lost votes, they lose their position. So it's like this um, weird scenario where whatever the politicians are doing, they will kind of lose a benefit. And it's either that, or the people have to lose some benefits and skip the convenience. But other
0: it's, countries it's... get it. Why don't we get it in Malta?
1: Other countries do understand this.
0: There are some countries that are making incredible uh, efforts towards their
1: uh, environmental policies. I think we are a bit um, a bit late to the table here. We we have just started that process, so I think we do need some more time. We need like the next generation. I mean. For example in sweden i'm kind of the second generation who starts to get this so it started when when my parents were younger and now it reached the second generation so i think we're still waiting like for the ones that now are like 15 16 it will be like their kids that will so we're looking at another 10 years until uh, until we will see a radical change but i already see a change i mean but 10 years is
0: that not too late to me knowing that some of the effects that we're causing on the planet right now are going to be irreversible within the next five years. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, it's very complex. And and I think with the political situation we have in Malta with the the partisan politics, it's even a a bigger challenge because, I mean, Malta is not the only country with with partisan politics. um, But I do see that countries that do have this system, especially in Malta, we only have two parties uh, to vote for. um, It makes it even worse. So what
0: what's the biggest challenge facing Malta right now? Because the Malta is not very Malta's just been um it's it's been flagged up as the worst in the EU on recycling. We also of course have the constant construction issues. Uh, out of all of these, what is the one issue that if you, Cammy Applegren, could
1: change, what would it be? Wow. Um I mean, it's so complex, but I, I see a lot of the issues that we are facing comes down to integrity. So people are giving up, like they will say, but they are breaking the law, so why can't I? They they don't care about the environment. So why should I do an effort? It doesn't matter. I mean, in- integrity should be through everything you do in life. So if I would die tomorrow, would I have done enough? Would I lay there on, on my deathbed and say, yes, I, I did what I believed in no matter what anyone else did. And I think that is what this whole generation might be lacking, that we look at other people and we say, but if they are doing it and they are enjoying to drive into a nature park with their car, why shouldn't I enjoy my time and do the same? Because it's wrong. And and I think that's where we need to start. We need to rewire our brains to do what's right, even if others are doing wrong. And that would solve so many things in the, in the society.
0: And this faces other countries as well, I'm assuming, not just Malta.
1: Yes, it does. But we are so small, so we kind of... We are so many people in, in a tiny space. So our bad choices affect the tiny area a bit more than it possibly would in a, in a very large country. But in that
0: case, our good choices could affect so many more yes. as
1: well. And that's why, I mean, changes in Malta can happen overnight. I mean, it, it's it's like... We're dealing like size wise, I would say, as a normal city abroad, maybe. So, I mean, I would say that if we take good decisions, we can see the change in front of our eyes the day after. It's not like in other countries where it will take years before you might see the whole country following it. We can actually change things very, very fast. So, our biggest weakness, which is the size of the country, can also be our biggest strength.
0: Cami, you've said yourself, you hold no punches when it comes to striving for what you believe in. And the activities and the people that you feel are a threat to our planet, to our country, to our region. Um, But of course with that comes adverse reactions and you have had that and as you mentioned before, dangerous reactions as well. What threats or reactions have you had?
1: I mean, I think that in Malta we have had an issue for a very long time where enforcement has not been high up on the agenda and that for me i mean it's not about only being swedish i mean germans might be even worse on enforcement Uh, but i have this thing that i I take it not personally but when people don't follow the law it it really pisses me off and especially if they don't follow the environmental laws because we do have some really good laws in this country when it comes to the environment if people follows them so for example I, i see a lot that people are still putting their own interests before the environment and like you said the environment is everything we have we kind of need to turn around now and say this matters we, we can't see our own needs anymore we need to see the needs of the environment um so i think the group that i piss off the most <laughs> if i <laughs> would be the ones that are used to get their way and get away with um, with putting their hobbies before the environment's best
0: okay so give me give me an example are we talking about um, um let's say off-roaders are we talking about hunters are we talking about construction and what, what are we to- i mean are these three areas that i mentioned included in that
1: um, yes i mean when it comes to hunting i can't say that i'm totally against hunting because i i'm not a vegetarian so i eat meat which means i can't really be totally against it i'm against illegal hunting once again the, the law I, if the law is there we should at least follow the law then we can always go into how the laws should be stipulated, but that's a different fight. Um, Off-roading, yes. Um, Now in my current position, I I really see the damage off-roading does. And it's an irreversible damage. So we're actually ruining it forever and ever. Um, And then I I mean, even in the job I do now, I I even see further, like even a hiker do damage to the environment. Like I start to, to walk like I'm walking on ice because I don't want to step on the orchids. I don't want to step on this and that. You really become so aware of um, how fragile nature is because we have set it like we are prior one and nature is prior two. And that has really screwed up this balance of, of nature.
0: And I'm going to cut to the chase as well uh, and just ask you um, politicians, do you manage to, using your term, not mine, piss them off too?
1: <laughs> yes, I mean, once again, when, when I do posts um, <clears throat> highlighting, I mean, I, I pick my fights. I, I don't go all out to be against everyone because I do believe that what's good should be cheered and what's bad should be spoken up against. But when I speak up against something, I try to keep it quite diplomatic. Um, I won't badmouth people and go into being rude. I try to keep a very good language. And I think that might piss them off as well because, <laughs> because they can't really turn around and, and be ruled back. And they might know that I do have a point with what I'm saying. So um, I think they might be a bit not used to this way of handling things. I'm, I'm not someone who will write. OK, I, I have to admit, I do write some posts sometimes where I'm a bit too much, but I delete them quite fast. <laughs> and I, <laughs> then I write the diplomatic post. So, I think that is a mindset that we are still a bit unused, that we we don't have this fire, and like you just hit enter and and just post whatever you want, because then you open up for someone else to be ruled back. So, I think. They can't really hate me, but they don't love me. Like, I'm in that weird, in-the-middle scenario for them. (laughs) Like that mosquito you can't get rid of in in the bedroom, kind of. (laughs) Well, you're the one that said you're outspoken (laughs) and you're stubborn and all the other things.
0: Uh, How many times have you been told to go back to your own country?
1: I stopped counting, actually. (laughs) It has decreased, though, because I think... I mean, I, I have to actually say that some of my worst trolls have lately become, I wouldn't call them friends, but uh, we accept each other's presence. That's fantastic. Yes. So So less threats as well.
0: Yes. Um, Let's talk about your most recent move, uh, which is to being a full-time ranger for Maestral Park. For me, one of the most incredible outcomes of COVID, which of course has been tragic for so many people. You see more people out in the environment. Bicycle sales have shot up 150, 45 to 150 percent uh you know uh, trainers and outdoor gear more people are getting out in the environment uh which i'm assuming is a good thing
1: is it always a good (laughs) thing for you key ranger at Maestral park initially yes i mean it's amazing that i mean the target group and this is a big issue for the environmentalist we are reaching uh, the people who are already converted which we call it, like they they already love the environment, but we have always struggled to reach the ones who are resisting to change their lives. And now we actually reach them because of COVID. So now we have people in nature who before would never think about spending a day in a park, for example. So initially it's good. Now we just need to work on educating people how to behave in nature.
0: When you say behave in nature, I mean, surely, you know, (laughs) walking around the park, you can't be misbehaving.
1: I mean, what can you actually do? So there is still the issue with uh, smokers smokers throwing the cigarette butt because it's apparently it just vanishes um, there is also people who will uh, pick all the flowers they see that has just been blooming and then they just throw them. they don't even take them home to enjoy them for another couple of days. Um, there are the ones that will going with uh, off-road motorbikes amongst families that are having picnics. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's a lot of these... Littering is always something that will happen. The more people we get, the more littering there will be. Um, But it's also this view that it's just me. What does it matter if I just walk on top of the garrig or um, stomp on a bush uh, bush or a shrub? Um, We don't understand this impact that... Before we maybe had 20 people in the park per day, now we have hundreds. So with that increase, it also increased the impact of the environment. But you've decided to be a park ranger permanently and spend
0: 365 days of the year pissing people off, is that right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what What is the one thing that you see the most often uh, in Maestro Park?
1: I would say what we see most often is not what has the biggest impact, negative impact. Um, for sure, it's off-roading. That is the by far biggest issue. Uh, one because and we're talking o- about motorbikes here. Yes, so we must be al- talking about a small proportion. Also, also cars um, and land rovers, and we are kind of closing that access a bit easier because a car is big, and then a motorbike can pass from anywhere. Um, but one is that the many people. Um, me included not so long time ago did not understand the effect that we have on on the environment in that sense Um, and two is that they still put hobby before the interest of the environment which i also understand because we have all been there at one point when we did not understand Mm. what our actions actually led to long term so uh, with this um wouldn't say weapon but like they have this massive vehicle or or a heavy bike that can go very fast um, and a fragile environment so the impact they have is so big even if they do it in a responsible way because some of them that i speak to actually say but i will drive slow i promise but unfortunately it, it won't matter because human activity which is not natural has a very, very bad effect on the environment.
0: Is that the reaction you normally get, Is people being kind of, hey, Cammy, sorry we're doing this. We promise to behave ourselves.
1: Some of them even invite me for coffee.
0: That's very nice. (laughs) That's
1: better than being threatened. Very, very few though. Fair enough. Very few. But Um, but uh, is that
0: normally the response? Is it normally a friendly response? Is it normally a a sympathetic response?
1: I see a change, actually, Um, because they know that we mean business. They know that we will report them. Uh, I won't say how we know who they are because I keep that secret to myself (laughs) but they know it They, they know that we will find them they know that we will report them and the fine is quite high up to 1200 euros
0: that's not a small fine no again I should imagine that sometimes makes you slightly unpopular Yes. You, you sit very calm You've got a big <laughs> smile on your face. You sit very, very comfortably with that whole idea oh, yeah. of being like, being a little bit unpopular. It's, it's Listen, Cammy, we've talked about so many things and we could talk for a very, very long time, but <laughs> I do want to just ask you as we close, what does the future hold for Cammy Applegren? We've seen... You're running for for MEP, we've seen you, uh, you, you've mentioned yourself, you're also a parent, um, but you also uh, have been an environmental campaigner. We know that you've worked with WasteServe and now you are in one of your dream jobs, you're the the ranger at Maestral uh, Park. Are you going to do this forever? What What do you see the Pissing future? Pissing people off, or yes, you seem to be making a yeah. career out of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that on my CV. <laughs> Absolutely, I think that's the only thing you need to say,
0: Cami Applegren. I piss people
1: off, um, but uh, but seriously, what what would be the future holding for you? I really think that I have found a home in in the career that I have at the moment. I think being in nature nearly twenty four seven. Because I can tell that during spring hunting, I'm going to sleep in the park. Just so you know, take note of that. And, uh, <laughs> and just beware. <laughs> no, but uh, jokes apart, it's it's a job where I'm out in nature. I, I walk 15, 20 K per day. I speak to people and it gives me hope to see these young kids who will who will come to me and say, are you the ranger of the park? And they want to know about the flora, the fauna they tell me about how they recycle at home and and you see like how happy they are to just meet a person in in a park to speak to Um, and that gives me a lot of hope so for time being this is where you are i'm here to stay
0: Oh, Cammy, we could talk for hours, as I mentioned, but, uh, <laughs> but thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you, you for being so open. Uh, and I really wish you the very best of luck with this position at Astral. I love the fact that you, we went full circle and you came back and said the younger generation and that you are full of hope for the future because yes. the younger generation seem to get it.
1: They are awesome, for sure.
0: Well, here's to the future. Here's to your, you ranging uh, and, uh, and making sure that my Australia is kept safe.
1: And pissing people
0: off. And <laughs> pissing people off. Cami
1: and thank you very much indeed. Thank you for having me.